Welcome to the Whole House Podcast, where you can find home, health, and family all in one place. Our team is comprised of moms from different upbringings and backgrounds. We each have different giftings and passions representing individual rooms, and together we are the Whole House. So grab a cup of coffee and join us for the Whole House Podcast. Hi, Kathleen Guire here. Welcome to Positive Adoption, part of my room in the Whole House. I've been doing a series on instead of tips, and we're on number four today out of eight. So what are instead of tips? They are tips that you can use instead of traditional parenting, because traditional parenting doesn't work with kids who have had trauma. And just as a little reminder, these tips are all tools that you can use, but not every tool works for every child. So it's kind of like whenever you go to your toolbox in the garage and you pull out a screwdriver, you're not going to use a screwdriver as a hammer. If you know you need a hammer, then use a hammer. It's the same thing with these tools. You know your children better than I do. You know your children better than anybody. So if you hear one of these things, these tools or these tips, and think, oh my goodness, I think that one would really work. I've never thought about trying that before. Then try it. Don't just try it once. Try it for a long period of months. And if it, or you try it once and you know that it's totally, totally not going to work, then don't use that one. Try something else. These are tools. And they're not something that, they're not one size fits all. Um, So anyway, I'm going to get started. What we're going to talk about this week is instead of just correcting, give immediate retraining and a redo. And just a reminder, you can get the infographic for these instead of tips on thewholehouse.org in our printable resource section. So that you can follow along. And these are great, you know, it's great if you have these infographics to hand to teachers, Sunday school teachers, you know, youth group leaders, anybody who works with your kiddos. You can say, you know what, these are what I've been using. This is what works for my kiddo. If you're struggling and they can't regulate while they're with you, then use these. And here's the one that I use the most. Or here are the two that I use the most, and they seem to be pretty effective. So it's, that's why it's a resource. Resources are things that we can use to help our kiddos and for other people to help our kiddos too. So let's talk about a redo. A redo is simple. Remember when you missed five on your spelling test, five words, and your teacher had you write the ones you missed each five times? Yes, I used to do that with my kiddos. Or when you were in gym class and you missed the basketball hoop on the first shot, but you kept trying until you made it. Or when you got married and you were trying out your cooking skills for the first time and something didn't taste just right. You called mom and with her help you tried again. Those are redos and they're so effective. Most of the time we do them naturally in our lives. Like if you write a paragraph, maybe you're writing an article and you write a paragraph and you're like, okay, I like that point and that point, that sentence doesn't make sense. I'm going to scrap it and I'm going to try a redo. I'm going to write it again. It's such an effective 
tool that we use in our daily life, and it's something that we can use with our kiddos too. Sometimes we don't think about it. We don't think about offering a redo, but it's very, very effective. Okay, so as the Empowered to Connect training manual explains, offering your child a chance to try it again and get it right, what we call a redo, is often an ideal way to respond. In addition, this approach provides your child with body memory for doing the right thing and offers an opportunity for you to give them praise and encouragement once she redoes the task, follows the instructions, or interacts in an appropriate manner. This approach can help your child to experience doing the right thing and deepen your connection with her as well. Okay, so... Just I'm just going to throw out this out. If you have never gone through the Empowered to Connect training, I would look it up and see if there's one in your area. They're awesome. They're highly effective. And if you can find an Empowered to Connect trainer in your area that does the nine-week course for adoptive and foster families, that that's what I, I'm an Empowered to Connect trainer. But find one in your area and sign up for the class because not only will you get this kind of information and more, but you will also be with other adoptive and foster parents and you'll get to share with them because it's so empowering to share your story with someone else and they say, oh my goodness, me too. I'm going through that as well. And then you feel unified, you feel encouraged. So that was just my little commercial for Empower to Connect. Okay, so um, I'm just going to add something to this. You know, a redo is extremely, extremely important. And here's another thing that is such a powerful tool. Now, Empower to Connect calls this practicing outside the moment. And I always called it before I'd ever even heard of Empower to Connect is just training. Training is one of the most overlooked parenting tools out there. What is training? It is what they call it, which is practicing outside the moment. It's using your home, using your environment to practice something before you actually encounter it. Now you're going to hear my library story, which I share all the time because it's hilarious. Okay, so when my four kiddos first came home from Poland... They had not been to a public library before. So I decided to do some training or practicing outside the moment. I had bookshelves with books on them, and we pretended that that was the library. So I coached my kiddos, and we practiced over and over again. Our little small town library had this um Thing that they did when when you took a book off the shelf, you put a ruler in its place to mark where you got that book in case you didn't take it and you needed to put it back. So I practiced that with my kids. We had this, I got all these rulers. So they would take books off and put a ruler there. And we talked about, you know, this is how you talk in the library because they were really old-fashioned there, and they still believe that, you know, you had to be really quiet in the library. And so we practiced that. And so the day that we went to the library, 
They were prepared. They had practiced everything. They practiced getting a book off the shelf, putting the ruler there, whispering, making a little stack of the books that they wanted to check out, and all of the things. So we get to the library, and my kids began getting books off the shelves and putting rulers there and stacking books on the little library table until they had used all of the rulers in the library because apparently I didn't explain everything really well because they thought that that's what you did at a library was get books off the shelf and put the rulers in their place. And then you put all the books back because I finally had to re-explain to my kids that no, you can check some of these books out. So just be careful when you're doing your training (laughs) that you are very, very detailed in your explanation with as few words as possible. Remember, the lecture thing doesn't work. So that's just a funny story of one of the ways that I've used training or practicing outside the moment. Another one which is extremely effective is you pretend to go to a restaurant in your own home. My kids love this one because... They got to play the waiter, the waitress. We all took turns sitting at the table, putting napkins on our lap, and someone poured the water, and we ordered. Now, maybe you've never thought about that before. Maybe you just go to the restaurant, and in the parking lot, you're telling your kiddo, now, when we get in there, you better behave. Maybe they don't know what you mean by behave. Maybe they don't understand what you're supposed to do in a restaurant. Assume nothing. That was like the number one writing rule my mom used to tell me um, when I was in high school. She was like, this is the one rule you can never forget. Assume the reader knows nothing. Well, that's the same thing, especially with kiddos that you are fostering or you've recently brought home through adoption that maybe they were in an orphanage or they were in an institution. Assume they know nothing. And I'm not saying that to treat them as if they're stupid. That's not what I'm saying at all. When I say assume they know nothing, I mean you start like in The Sound of Music. Start at the very beginning, a very good place to start. So you start there and you break it down for them and you practice it. You practice outside the moment. You can practice being in a library, like I said. You can practice going to a restaurant. You can practice getting onto a plane. There are so many things that you can practice at home. Does it take time? Yes. Is it inconvenient? Yes. Do you have to do it over and over again? Yes. I'm going to be honest about it. Sometimes the reason that people don't want to use this tool, employ this tool, is because it is time-consuming. It takes planning on your part, maybe buying rulers or rearranging your dining room to look like an airplane. It does take time. But I will tell you, the benefits are amazing. The way that it makes a child feel safe and secure because they know what's going to happen next, that's priceless. And I think often I wish that somebody would have practiced outside the moment with me when I was younger because I was often scared of trying new things, not because they were scary things to do, but because I didn't know what was going to happen next. 
And that's just my personality. And maybe you have um, a, a biological kid who has that personality. So they will benefit from it as well. And like I said, it's definitely an underused, undervalued tool. Yes, it works with all children. That's one comment people will message me and tell me, you know, or email me and say, you know what, that stuff that you shared, that works with all kids. Yes, all of these tips that I'm sharing work with kids, biological, neurotypical, capital letter syndrome, just works with kids. So I would suggest maybe trying that this week. Try practicing outside of the moment. Think about this. When a teen or an adult starts a new job, they go through training. And this training is sometimes usually practiced outside the moment. I remember when I was in college and I got a job at J.C. Penney's and I had to go through, I had to watch all these videos, had to go through all this training on how to use the register system, and which made me feel better even though some of it was really boring. I still felt a little bit better about using that register. And that is an effective tool that you can also use for your kids because don't you think they will feel better knowing what's going to happen next if you prepare them and you practice outside the moment? There's so many ways that you can use that. So this week, I don't usually give assignments on the podcast, but I think this one is such an important tool. This week, think of something that you can practice outside the moment at your home with your kiddos. Maybe it's, it's set up a restaurant and practice there, and that one's a lot of fun because then you get the kids get to pour water and play waiter and waitress and take orders, and then the other kids get to practice ordering and using the correct words and saying thank you and please instead of I just want a Coke or I just wanted this. And try it. Try it out. Whatever you want to practice outside the moment before you do it. Maybe it's going to the doctor. That was another big one we did. And another fun one, I'll just make this last suggestion and finish up, was my kiddos, because they had come from Poland, didn't speak English a ton, and they didn't know their colors in English. They knew them in Polish. Well, a couple of them did. And they didn't know how to count in English, so I used M&M's. We all sat down at the table, and I put M&M's in front of each of them and helped them with their colors at first. You can eat a red one, and then everybody would eat a red one. You can eat a green one. You can eat a blue one. You can find, you know, you can count out five. You can count out two. And I had talked about um, on my personal page about the science between the palate and having a pleasant experience in food. But I don't have time to go into that. You can find that or I can link it. But try it this week. Try practicing outside the moment. Try a redo. So thanks for joining me today. And I will see you next week on the on positive adoption. Bye. We're so glad you could join us on the Whole House Podcast. Please subscribe and leave a review. 
Follow us on our Facebook page and on Instagram at the underscore whole underscore house. You can also follow us on thewholehouse.org by email to receive our newsletter and keep up to date on things happening at The Whole House.